We should probably put the guests here next time. Yeah. Because this is the least right, head the, turning. Right. You're going to give up your throne? Yeah. You look like a queen today. Your hair looks very sort of Thank you. Elegant. I knew I'd be on camera and I've been oh, you, in a coma for a few days. That's right. You were out with, Christina was out with the grip. Yeah. I don't think I've had it as an adult because it's like way worse than I thought it was. I think you caught the same thing that everybody yeah. else is getting. Yep. This year was rough. Yeah. Anyway, I'm back. Okay. I got I'm makeup here. on. I'm back. <laughs> I got my makeup on. Welcome to another episode of On the Line. My name is Christina Kay. And I'm Joe Mullings. And in studio today, we've got Giovanni Lauracella, who heads up the global search arm of our business here at the Mullings Group. So, G, would you introduce yourself, give a little background, and tell the audience what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Giovanni Lauracella and He's love Irish. the global business. So uh, travel as much as possible. It's a passion. But we get in front of our clients, whether it's in Europe or Israel or down in South America or whatever have you, but um, our business is medical device and wherever medical devices are, we trend to go. So now, what, what cities, just get, put some perspective on it. So in the last 24 months, rattle off the cities you've been at because of your profession and your uh, expertise. Zurich, Paris, London, Rome, Milan, Berlin, Portugal, Porto, Geneva. Uh, oh, Eindhoven, Amsterdam, Brussels, uh, Munich. In two weeks, Dublin, which right. is sort of Dublin. why we're talking about this. Dublin, too. Right. of course. Yes, who can forget that? Galway, another great medical device hub for sure. Yeah, so the three of us are going to be going to Dublin in two weeks for a conference. And I thought it might be a really good opportunity to talk about how you can use uh, business travel as an opportunity to brand yourself. I think there is a certain allure to travel uh, and maybe less allure to business travel, but that's not necessarily true. I think if you love what you do, that business travel should be thrilling. I, I've talked to you a lot about the travel you do for us, and I think you really like it. It's probably why you're here, right? I love it. I love it. And I think it boils down to culture, um, and actually it was a perfect match. I do love the travel, but I also love doing business in person. Mm -hmm. It's a... It's something that I'm genuinely interested in. I know that you get more out of the squeeze when you're in front of somebody. Um, and fortunately enough, the OUS and international practice, whether it's culture or history or what have you, I just tend to find that people overseas, especially in Europe or even in Israel especially, um, they appreciate that. And mm -hmm. they almost prefer it. I mean, I've had shows and conferences that are two, three weeks out, and I'm engaging in a potential project with a client. And they would prefer to hold off on another call because they know they're going to see me in a couple of weeks and we'll just finish it off there. So it's really an interest of theirs as well. So it's a perfect match. Well, the, the irony of this, the impact of the face-to-face -face interaction is that you can actually uh, expand upon that exponentially by utilizing social tools to prepare for that trip and then to maximize on that trip when you're there. And I think, you know, if you were to apply social media leading up to that trip, and then when you were there to let everybody know you were there, you could have more face-to-face -face interactions and maintain stronger relationships after you leave. So and an another thing to think about too, that <clears throat> as an individual with Facebook and LinkedIn, the opportunity to brand yourself for your resume and your capabilities and the things you've done are pretty profound because employers do go to that. 
Mm-hmm. So you you need to keep that in mind if you travel for your client domestically or internationally. Try and demonstrate without being overt the accomplishments and the mm-hmm. situations you've been put in because your client has confidence in you. So Gio, when you're about to go on a trip, what do you what do you post? What do you share? What do you what's your practice now? My practice now is straightforward. I mean, maybe it's just for me straightforward, but you know, I'm simply telling my network, certainly the conference that I'm attending. Then try to wrap around some posts or some announcements on similar searches within the therapy space, maybe just to get some attention, get people who might be going to the same show or conference and don't necessarily jump on the fact that they see me going to that specific one, but they know that I just placed a VP of clinical and structural heart and they say, oh, well, keep me in mind or something like that. And they say, oh, well, great. Are you going to that conference? That's the structural heart conference, right? So yeah, yeah, I'll be there. So I tend to throw out as much adjacent information and very direct information as possible a good month out from a conference and see what I can build along the way, which then ultimately builds to a pretty stacked meeting list upon me arriving wherever I'm going. Do you do anything when you're at the conference right Absolutely. now? Yep. Absolutely. Social on social? Absolutely. Haven't you seen all those pictures? He takes the I know. Best pictures. Well, I, I'm wondering because I know that we've solicited pictures from you and we've really tried to amp up because I'm extremely jealous of your ability to travel all the time. And I'm super thrilled that I actually get to go this time and cannot wait. But, you know, I'm wondering, uh, have you seen a change since you started ramping that up? Absolutely. I mean, it's amazing whether it's business development or recruiting or attending a show and trying to get meetings right and face to face. It's amazing how it can come from so many different avenues. There's not an exact equation. So you have to take as many shots as possible. So when it comes to building a meeting list or getting meetings in person or getting in front of who you need to be in front of or who you want to be in front of. It's a combination of setting the tone before you go. So like what we just talked about. And then while I'm there, it's taking pictures like Joe just mentioned or quick videos and throwing them out to the network. And then people are like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm here too. I couldn't tell you. It's almost guaranteed three to five additional meetings based on content from the conference that I'm at that I'm posting live that people are also checking their LinkedIn or whatever mm-hmm. accounts and saying, hey, you're there, I'm there too. Can we grab something tomorrow? Right. Absolutely, we can. So that also happens. Right. I think, you know, it's important for people who are posting at a conference that it doesn't happen in a vacuum, that when you post something, you're thinking about all the opportunities you have to tag because these conferences are social networking events. That's, I mean, a huge purpose of them is to spread information to a vast audience, one, two, two allow the audience to network with each other and grow their network uh, interactively. So if you're at a conference and you're posting a picture of you getting a cappuccino beforehand because it's in Italy and they have great cappuccino, that doesn't have to happen in a vacuum. That can then also include a tag of the conference, maybe a tag of the person you're with getting that cappuccino, a tag of the person you're getting the cappuccino before you go meet so you can be awake for this great meeting. You know, you can think about all these ways to make that post about coffee into a social reach out across your network, let's say on LinkedIn. Also keep in mind that a lot of these conferences on Instagram will have their own tag on it and Snapchat right. too. The, the world we play in does not use Snapchat that much, but you oftentimes have these, well, I don't know what the word is called, that you get these um, already embedded hashtags like the MedTech conference, MedTech strategist conference, mm-hmm. Dublin. Right. I'll bet you if you go there, there's nothing now. But what we may want to do is MedTech Strategist Dublin TMG, mm-hmm. right? And so you want to think through creatively about how can you get pre, during, and post squeeze 
out of that visit from a business perspective and a personal branding. I'm going to ask us to shift some of this away from self-serving on the business, Mm -hmm. but as the individual listening out right now to this podcast, think about building your current value, but maybe more importantly, this builds future value for people who want to employ you. Mm -hmm. So how do you incorporate this on your LinkedIn profile for it to ever last there? Maybe on there, there are other places on LinkedIn. Gee, you've got all the certifications on there. How can you build a body of work on LinkedIn? So 12 months from now, somebody sees, oh, you went to that conference. That's valuable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, one thing to consider is who are you seen interacting with? Who's in your... uh, not everybody wants their picture taken. Not everybody wants to be post- posted online. But if you can solicit them beforehand and say, hey, uh, can I take a picture with you? Do you mind if I post it and tag you? If they're cool with that, that's, I think, a, an ample opportunity for you to show your worth by sort of the clout that you have around you. So if you're posting that stuff on LinkedIn and future employers are looking at you and sort of combing through you to see if you're a good applicant and they're seeing, oh, they know so-and-so who's VP of such-and-such, that actually resonates with me as having some kind of importance and clout. And so I think that's one way that you can be thinking about who you're with and how you can capture that and share that. Also, the futurists who are listening right now, if you don't, and we, we've mentioned this a few times, I would get joemullingsresume.com. So get your name and then resume.com. And even if you don't have that website established right now, you want to have this in your inventory for your career two years from now, five years from now, when everybody listening to this will see that I'm historically correct, that that is the next move after LinkedIn, because then you can own that platform and deploy how you want on that platform. So take the pictures now and then put them in your archive. Mm -hmm. And that is your calling card moving forward. In addition to LinkedIn, you have these already saved and you were thinking ahead of the game. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of time before LinkedIn starts considering things like live. But if you are in a business that involves development on other platforms like Facebook or Instagram, I think these are great opportunities to go live. When you're at a location, not everybody in your industry can be there. Usually the tickets are sometimes prohibitively expensive. Travel, uh, hotel rooms, all that stuff can be really costly. So you are at an advantage. You are privy and privileged to be there. And I think sharing that, going live, giving an insider scoop, a behind-the-scenes kind of look into what's happening could be really coveted and could be something that people are actually looking for anyway. However, make sure that you're not sharing stuff that is illegal or that would piss someone off because let me just say, like, dealing with legal issues on video is the worst. So, gee, what questions do you have for Christina if uh, she was your quote-unquote coach on this beforehand or during or after? Any questions? Yeah, I mean, business travel is so different than being at your desk, right? So when you're at your desk, you can control all the data. You control what you're doing with a pretty clear mind. But when you're traveling, it's different environments, different people. Things are moving quickly. Your phone's going off. Everything is pulling you a thousand different directions. And you have all these ideas that you want to do. So you might do something, let's use the word impulsively, Mm -hmm. um, but it's with good intention. But you find out pretty quickly that it wasn't the best decision. So when you're moving a thousand miles an hour and you're away from your desk back home where life is comfortable and organized mm-hmm. and you're in this lifestyle that's pulling you so quickly, in order to keep up with the social media content to make sure and keep your network aware of what you're doing, because who knows what that will bring you, what's the safest but yet most effective way of going about that? So we don't have to deal with those problems. Establishment shot. I learned that. Yeah. So, okay, this is actually, there's a couple answers to this. An establishment shot or like what I said earlier with the coffee 
Sometimes less is more. You can take a great picture of the city where you are. Nobody has that copyrighted, right? You can take a great picture from the view of your hotel room. There are ways that you can add intrigue by just capturing a moment beautifully. You might not be a professional photographer, but actually iPhones are extremely adept. And you could just watch a YouTube course very quickly on how to take a good photo and really post something really nice. And that gets a lot of views. We know for a fact on LinkedIn, photos perform extremely well. They get a lot of attention to what you're writing. So if your caption has value and you have a photo that has intrigue, those two things work together. And there's no, you're not stepping on anybody's toes there. You know, I think it's important not to post fluff or nonsense, but sometimes alluding to things and not directly showing them can be really intriguing and engaging. Now, do you include yourself? So I see some people, it's clever. We have somebody, Wes here, who's the best selfie taker of all time. And he'll take a selfie and only part of his face will be in it. Uh-huh. But really what he wants to show you is in it. What right. are your thoughts on the the selfie establishing shot getting into the plane? I can tell you factually that on my Instagram, if I post a picture that has me in it, the number of likes or interact, you know, comments I'll get is 10 times bit greater than if I wasn't in it. People like to see you. If they are your, you know, your friends or in your network, they're they're going to respond to seeing your face. I do think it's good to include your face and selfies are 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 good. I think it's good to be cheeky about selfies, right? Like don't duck lip it, don't don't try to be sexy, you know, just it's a, it's a ridiculous thing to take a picture of. You guys ever see the look Gio gives? I know he gives that Look oh, the my, eyebrow? Mike, Michael's cracking the up because he's like, eyebrow what is? is that look? Gio's like, all right, what do I do? I don't even, I'm not even self-aware you, of it. I can't do, my eyebrows are, like they don't uh, operate too sexy separately. for this dress. Guilty. But I think, you know, being a little cheeky, having a sense of humor, that's great. People, there's levity to social media, right? And we should exploit that. But also, I think... Um, and what floats on LinkedIn may not be appropriate for Facebook, right. may not be appropriate for Insta. So not all the pictures should just be copied over. Give some guidance on that because you helped me on that. Well, first of all, there's a big difference between cheeky and tasteless. And tasteless probably won't fly on any platform, especially in 2018. So be mindful. But also, uh, you know, think of your audience. And if you have multiple audiences, if you're developing multiple platforms, realize that they're not the same people. The people who are regularly checking LinkedIn, I know for a fact, are not the people regularly checking Instagram. That's just, they're different audiences. Or they're a different mindset too, right? right. So it could be the same person, but when I look at LinkedIn and I look at Facebook and I look at Insta, I'm just shifting gears slightly on how I'm taking that. And if they were delivering the same kind of content, there wouldn't be three of them. Correct. So obviously they're different. But, um, you know, to your question earlier about uh, best practices to not get in trouble, consent is super valuable. Just ask just quickly can i take a picture of this uh you know uh medical device can i take a can i take a picture with you and if nobody wants to take a picture with you that's fine ask someone to take your picture i actually think having a picture taken of you looks so much better than a selfie because it implies that you're not a loner loser like there are other people <laughs> in your life that like you enough to take your picture i really I think that's important a selfie stick then or is that what you're telling me i don't understand selfie sticks personally i don't know if i would ever own one but i just think asking that's someone all your friends are photographers so it's easy for you to yeah say my boyfriend's that. a photographer so i'm good thank you <laughs> but um but but i do think it makes a difference having a picture taken of me i notice gets a lot more response than having a selfie i don't really have very many selfies as a result because i like the positive feedback but yeah 
you have any other questions, Gio? <laughs> yeah, it, it was more around the directness. And I think forever who is listening on this can get benefit from direct black and white mm-hmm. information, right? So we talked about what we should do. Mm-hmm. And like to your point on, on consent, what shouldn't we do? So, I mean, clearly if you cross that bridge of asking and then they say no and you still do it anyway, you know you're doing something wrong. But is there any examples that come to mind outside of consent where it's just simply we shouldn't do that? Well, I mean, as a woman, I would say if you know a photo is super unflattering of another oh, person, do not post that photo. Even if you're friends and you don't think that consent is necessary because like, you know, you actually have a very personal and deep relationship. If you know you look good and they don't, don't post it. They're going to feel uncomfortable about it. It's going to leave a bad taste in their mouth. It's going to impact whether or not they want to pose with you in the future or, or, you know, engage with you socially. When in doubt, ask. Right. Right. Hey, ran across this pic we took. I loved seeing you. Mm -hmm. Um, Thinking about sharing it on social. Any, any, any problem from your side? Mm -hmm. Right. Ask. Worst case is no. Or did you take a picture that I could post? Right. Right? There's no reason why you have to post your own content. Hey, I, I saw you took a picture at the conference with me in it. Can you shoot that over to me? I'd love to share that. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a really easy way and super low effort. Right. How about captions? So <clears throat> you've also mentioned in the past that captions help, right? So a picture with a caption versus just a picture. Oh, no, 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 no. Let me explain something. Captions, tagging. This is the, Gary Vee says it actually, the currency of social media. If you are posting something without telling people where you are, who you're with, what you're doing, and then hashtagging it. At least he talks about like 10 hashtags per picture. Honestly, he actually says you should max out, which I think, what's the limit? It's like 30-something hashtags. Max it out, That is honestly. the currency. Yeah, yeah. That's how it gets seen. Right. hashtags. I would maybe like hide the hashtags a little bit because they can be a little bit obnoxious. That's what we do. Either post it as a comment after the caption, but the caption should always, always, always be there. Anything. Amazing cup of coffee before I go meet with so-and-so. Got to be energized for this stimulating meeting. You know, anything. But just posting it with nothing is kind of a noob move. Even if you don't think it needs a, a caption, just knowing that it's there visually impacts whether or not people think you know what you're doing. But it, could, it puts some context and direction around the picture too, mm-hmm. right? Right, exactly. And I think here's a personal question that I have that it's that I'm working on and trying to wrap my head around as well. So when personal branding yourself on LinkedIn or these social tools, for example, the coffee picture you just talked about mm-hmm. and saying, hey, great <clears throat> cup of coffee before I go meet so-and-so versus keeping it more professional, right? Mm-hmm. So that's definitely taking it on a personal level, humanizing it, and I totally get that. But is there a difference in the audience that resonates with that style of media versus the person who homogeneously keeps on posting pictures that is more professionally corporate, focused? Corporate, right. And not necessarily corporate, because there is a difference between corporate, corporate, and then just simply keeping it business-minded, right? Right. Well, I think there's a couple answers to that question. One is, yeah, what what pool are you swimming in and dress appropriately for that pool? If it's, a, if it's a nude beach, then, you know, all bets are off. But if it's, you know, trunks and trousers, be appropriate to that, obviously. But at the same time, I do think that we are seeing every avenue of our lives becoming socialized and social media is becoming sort of a new discourse that people are learning innately. It's taking a little longer for older generations to adapt to it, but as the years go on, there will be fewer and fewer representatives of that generation and more and more representatives of a generation that's totally cool with a coffee cup post. So, you know, are you thinking about pleasing 
the old masters or are you thinking about being a part of this sort of new way of communicating and, and engaging with other people? So it's really up to you. What are you comfortable with? And like, you know, I'm not even talking about showing your kids here. I'm just talking about, you know, <laughs> what what got you to the conference rather than just this is a table at the conference. It's in our field. We're, th- we're talking about storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's telling the story of that trip. However you think that story pans out is up to you because it's what you're passionate about your job. How do you tell the story about your business trip? You just nailed it. When in doubt, just revert back to the story. Mm-hmm. What does the story feel like? And you also have to make sure the content you're putting out isn't for somebody else, right. but really is reflective of who you really believe you are. Because the second you start to bend that, it's going to be impossible to satiate that monster. And then so moving forward, you may want to start your narrative that is so unique in the market, i.e. gets judged and gets attention, but one that you feel like you can sustain and want it to sustain on who Christina is or who Gio is or who Joe is. Because we had that when we first moved into social, is I don't care what the market wants to see. And you shouldn't either, quite honestly, as long as it doesn't step over the tasteless line, mm-hmm. Right. And we know what that looks like when you see it, but you never know. You can't define it. But I think you want to be who you want to be in the market forever, even if somebody rewinds back 10 years and it's like, oh, that makes sense on who Giovanni is today, but this is just his evolution he was in fronting. And if you also look at people, influencers on something like LinkedIn, which I think is the most mediated of all social platforms, people like Richard Branson or Gary Vee, who are very much their own person. They are not mitigated by many other forces other than themselves. You Maybe know, that's why they got there. Probably. Yeah, I'd say so. But, you know, Gary Vee is dropping F-bombs because that's who he is. It's but not, not on LinkedIn. And I forecasted that a long he'll time ago. He'll bleep him. He, yeah. But he doesn't not- even bleep him anymore. You'll see his content won't even make it there anymore. Really? Yeah. He's really. And I appreciate that because he's a smart guy. He's yeah, still yeah. who he is. But what he's putting on the platform on Facebook and Insta is different than LinkedIn. Right. And it plays back to know who your audience is. But he's still Gary, right? But he's only posting where appropriate, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, Richard Branson, he's posting the picture of him, you know, poolside on Facebook, but he's posting, you know, the picture of him buttoned up at the dinner table on his vacation on LinkedIn. You know, he's he's still pretty personal. He's yep. still pretty, you know, inviting to the audience on LinkedIn, but just appropriate. Yep. Yeah, makes sense. Well, awesome. So, are we going to podcast G when we're in Dublin to see how the journey's going? Oh, for sure. I want to, well, one last topic. When you leave, follow up. Just because you left the trip doesn't mean you have to stop posting about it, right? You can post afterwards. A follow-up is really important, I think. Uh, especially if you have really good connections, you can thank people. You know, it's a it's a courtesy sometimes to just follow through. And now you don't have to necessarily send a card. You can make a post about it. And, you know, also don't forget Throwback Thursday. If you got great shots, you you're like an amateur photographer, and you really love what you did, but you didn't get to post it all because it would just be too much or you were too busy. Throwback Thursday, get it out there. It'll just get eyes on your on your posts and on your feed. I think that that's still valuable. So yeah, I want to follow up with Gio when we get when we're there and when we get back to see how how it's going for you and see uh, if any of this was helpful at all. One thing comes to mind too is um, step outside of singularity, meaning um, I'm starting to learn. One picture is cool, but if you really are thoughtful, uh, a tile of pictures of three or four pictures really tell a story better exactly. than yeah, one there's picture. An arc. Right. So explore that a little bit 
Um, think about telling a story through some tiles. Right. On most of the platforms now, you can multiple posts, even LinkedIn these days. So consider that too. Right. When many photos in a post can tell a story, many posts on a feed can be noisy. So oh, that's a good less point. is more. That's a great point. You know, how can I maximize this one post to tell the story of my day instead of so constantly feeding my feed with the entire day's Because after a while, people are just like, all right, dude, I know you're exactly. in that one, right? But right. if you do two batch modes of five and five right. versus 10, after three, we all do it. Just scroll by. I'm like, or yeah, if it's the right picture, one. <laughs> one photo of right. one and one post can really, really be powerful. So, you know, yeah. edit a little. Right. Agreed. All right. Well, Geo, uh, another loss of uh, podcast virginity here on on the line. Feels good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Joe Mullings. I'm Christina Kay. And I'm Giovanni Lorsella. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Good job, Jake.